Howdy, hey. Um, All right. Yeah. Yay. Yay. And tonight we are doing a listener <laughs> suggestion. Uh, we are doing Defending Your Life. Defending Your Life is a 1991 movie. Uh, this was suggested Oosh. by listener listener Luna on uh, Instagram from a while back. So hopefully you are still listening. It has been a while. <laughs> I've, I, I've wanted Luna. to get... I've wanted to get to this one uh, because I've wanted to see this movie for a long time, but it's never streaming anywhere. And now that HBO Max is included in our world, it is on there. So you can go on HBO Max to check out this movie from 30 years ago. Uh, oh I, I had never seen this before yet. Like I said, wanted to see it. Uh, Nicole, I don't think you had heard of it. You you told me, correct? No. This movie's <laughs> older than me. Yeah, so okay, as the only person alive when it came out, do you, did you, have you ever seen this? I have never That's seen true. this. I, 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 yeah, it's true. Um, I have never seen this. I, <laughs> I have heard of it, but yeah, no. Yeah, you can. No, no wonders why Jess isn't on this one. It's, uh, this is too. I old. was wondering. I'm like, is Jess? No, no, no. Well, <laughs> I had, originally we were gonna do this last month, but we the schedule moved around, and I think she was gonna be on it originally. So she's been oh. she's been spared an old movie. Oh. Uh, so. In an afterlife way station resembling a major city, the lives of the recently deceased are examined in a court-like setting. This is an Albert Brooks film written, directed, and starring Albert Brooks. Uh, I've never seen a written, directed Albert Brooks film. I've seen him in things, uh, and he's been mm-hmm. a, he's a voice actor more often than not as of the last you know, 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, but I, I did not know he directed a bunch of stuff. I've never seen any other things he's made. Is that anything you're familiar with, Monke? I know you... Having a kind of an opinion on Albert Brooks? Yeah, no, I just know him in things. I mean, up until this point, probably, you know, Marlon from Finding Nemo is uh, his uh, best work. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's the voice that people will remember. Yeah. Other, uh, he was in Drive in uh, 2011. Yeah. He was the mobster. He was like a mobster guy in that. So I've tried to think of contemporary things people would know him from. He, he was in comedies back in the day. He's a comedic, comedic actor first. Uh, so, if you haven't seen Defending Your Life, as I said, HBO Max, thank you again for the listener suggestion, uh, and uh, keep sending them in. We will try to get to them quicker than uh, over a year, uh, <laughs> so that you can you can have your thing, you know. As long as it's streaming, we'll try to get to it, so we'll take more later, but in HBO Max, we're going to spoil it now. We rate things here at Films with the Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. Daniel Miller is our lead character, and he is on his 39th birthday. Uh, he, he's killed in a car accident in the first five minutes. He got a new car. He's an office stiff kind of guy. Um, and he is awakened in Judgment City, which is a purgatory-like waiting area. Uh, for people to be judged. So it's an afterlife movie. And if you are judged uh, favorably, you move on to like the next life. And if you are judged non-favorably, you are sent back to earth for another cycle. Uh, there is no hell. Uh, and everything in judgment city is pretty nice. Like uh, you can yeah. have all the food you want and it doesn't affect your health or weight. Cause you're already dead. So it doesn't matter. Some of the, uh, it kind of reminds you of like a cruise ship, the activities, like, uh, it's, it's got like a, a comedy clubs and they t- advertise their bowling alleys very heavily, uh, but everything's kind of cheesy. Huh. Um, that's, that's what it kind of felt analogy. like. That's a great analogy. It was very like kind of kitsch. 
um, like the whole the whole world, like very like kid glove friendly. Um, so that's that's like the setting we're in, and he we get flashback. There's two there's two kind of plots we follow. There's both involving our lead Daniel Miller. There's his actual judgment where he's getting flashbacks of his life, and we learn about. Uh, why he's the way he is and if he it, the, the whole thing is confronting your fear if you confront your fears in your life uh then you you are deemed worthy to move on is like the central is the central point to to move on and uh he has a lawyer defending him and he has a lawyer uh prosecuting him and uh mm-hmm. and so he has to try to defend him defend his life uh and then there's also another plot which is a big chunk of the movie as well uh which is he meets someone there uh, Julia, who is played by Meryl Streep, and uh, they have like a romance blossom over the couple of days they spend in this purgatory. She is a much better person. She has a shorter sentence. Um, she is uh, uh, had li- led a better life on Earth by all by all accounts, a very good life. Uh, so she's probably going to move on, but we don't know if Daniel's going to move on and if he's going to confront his fears. So that's the plot of Defending Your Life. Uh, Mama Kay, what do you think of this plot? I think it's interesting. I I figured this is what it was with the title "Defending Your Life," but I think the the way that they approach it and how I don't know how how no one knows what this is like. So you have like you know carte blanche to do whatever you want, and I just found that it was an interesting uh, way to do this. I I was equating everything to being very much like. Um, like Orlando, when you go to Disney World, you know, you get off the airplane and there's a nice bus there for you to get on the bus. And then you go on the bus to the park, to your hotel, which then you get on other transportation to go to whatever park you want to go on. And so it's, it's like uh, other people leading, leading you around and leading your life. But um, the cruise ship, that's pretty, that's pretty good too. Maybe that's where he started with this and landed with, you know, the movie. There does seem to be a lot of uh, there was no karaoke, but besides that, yeah. Um, there might, there might, no, there might I mean, karaoke would fit in very well in this world. I think it would. Um, that yeah, the comedy club was probably enough, though. I didn't think we needed to get go beyond that. I like the thought of this, and and the you know the the big world. You can do whatever you want in it. It took a little. I had to pay attention because I, I found this to be an extremely slow movie which it shouldn't have been. My favorite parts was when he was traveling from one place to another and the subplot didn't really interest me. The subplot of the romance didn't really interest me, even though that was like the impetus for what we get at the end. So um, I'm going to give the plot of this movie a three. I really couldn't have said it better myself, actually. Kind of, <laughs> we're kind of on the same page with that. I think that... She just said Disney. Well, I was like, oh, I think Nicole said... <laughs> oh, really? Stayed. Okay. Well... I did because the first time they said the word pavilion, I said, I turned to Brennan and I said, pavilion is such a Disney word to me. Like, I feel like <laughs> everything at Disney is called a pavilion. And then he said Disneyland, or one of them said Disneyland. I'm like, oh my God, it is like In Disney. the movie, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she said something about Disneyland, yeah. Yeah, but there are also very cruise esque things on here, like the all you can eat buffets. <laughs> like, it's definitely like a wondrous type of, you know, thing that you're right. He could have made any, he could have made this look like anything. It was an interesting choice that he took to kind of make it look, what did he say? It just looked like it was like a, 
city in the U.S. or whatever. And I guess the city that's, that's in the what, late or the early '90s is, I guess, what it's modeled after of the Western yeah. U.S. The yeah. Western they, they wanted exactly. to make sure that people knew that it was, you know, not this was not. Oh, East that's Coast right. People. And if you were from, and if you were from Eastern, you went to the Eastern section. But that's just so interesting how they made it more. It's kind of like a mundane place. Like it's nothing fanciful besides some of the you know things you can get away with but it literally just the, the hotel looks like a like a motel six and uh it, it was an interesting choice of how they we we progress into the movie and see uh julia's uh hotel and her way of living in this judgment zone you know of how we can kind of go back and think of why these two are in the places that they are but I have to agree. It was just kind of, it was just a movie. <laughs> like I didn't feel any thing about it. So I think a three is is very well fitting for the plot of it. Uh, yes, yeah, so I I don't know any other movies that are afterlife examining your life. What it what comes after that are older? I'm sure there are some that I'm maybe escaping my man. Escaping it's my a mind, wonderful but... life. I mean. Okay, that's a fine, pretty sure. famous Wonderful. one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say now there are there are tons of these. There are tons and tons and tons and piles of what happens after you die, what's the meaning of life kind of things. I don't recall, in my going backwards, I don't recall seeing a lot of good versions of this story told older. I, this, this, this seems prototypical to me. This doesn't see, this seems like... The idea to do this is new still, and we're trying something, and we're trying, uh, we're we're in we're in unvisited space. And other other quirks of this world we haven't mentioned is everyone who lives in this place used to be a human, and now they're I don't even know what they call themselves, but they that their defining characteristics is that Earth uses three to five percent of their brains, and they use in the forty to fifties right. the people who live in Judgment City. So that's yeah, that's kind of, that's another uh, tropey thing in movies. We only use ten percent of our brain, twenty percent of our brain, which is not exactly really true, but um, but that it's like stuff like that, or like and like exploring the afterlife. What's the afterlife? Well, let's make it. Yeah, this kind of uh, it's a kitschy vacationy kind of place is the is the purgatory world, and it sounds like some people like this is it. Like some people live here and like work here, so I'm guessing I don't yeah. know what else they do. It sounds like they go to other places and do other things. Maybe uh, those that, people that, are actually in purgatory when they have to be in this place because it's so sanitized and so uh, perfunctory that it's I, I can't imagine having the big brain and having to live there. So. <laughs> yeah, and well, there's also times where they like go somewhere. Like the one guy's right. like, I, "You wouldn't understand where I'm going," and you know we don't focus too much on that because that's not that's not what uh, our main character's doing. But right. I think I would have liked a little more explanation of the world because the world is what's interesting. The rules of the world yes, are more I interesting, agree. and they and they um, they don't go very far with uh, they don't go as far as I'd like in a lot of places. Like the best parts of this movie for me are the are small vignettes of the world, like when they go to the hall yeah. of former lives. Yeah. Uh, sushi restaurants. Good. Um, though all the, all, I like all the restaurant places they go to, uh, <laughs> but the, um, the, the, the romance, I was not expecting it to be so dominating of this movie. Uh, it's not even, I wouldn't even call it the side plot. I'd call that the main plot. And when we go and like see in the courtroom where there's two judges and there's a swivel chair, like that seems like a, that seems like it should be more important or we should have more of that and more world expansion and the romance. I know it's what the button at the end that ends the movie, but it's not, it's not the interesting part of the movie. It's also, it's also hard to, 
it's medium to buy. Like I can buy parts of it, but I can't really fully buy it. It doesn't fully work in that today's context. Like it feels older than old in that way. It feels like a sixties movie, the way this romance plays out and the way they get together. So, uh, I I'll stick with you guys at a three for the plot. Um, more potential than execution, uh, which I, I was, yeah. this is like a 97 Rotten Tomatoes. Like this is very well. Really? It was a what? contender for, it was a contender for AFI's top hundred laughs of the, of the, of the, of all what? time movies. Yeah. This is a very well received and remembered movie. And that's why I was like, is this like a, re- is this an early version of this kind of movie? Cause now these kind of movies are everywhere. I've seen hundreds probably of movies where it's like, Oh, what's the afterlife? And is it going to be horrible or you know, we do sci-fi? Like Evan or... Almighty are and all. <laughs> that's not what the not, not what jumped to my mind first. But, I haven't um, seen it either, so but I just imagine that's what it was like. Evan Almighty is about Steve Carell becoming Moses, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the characters and the the characters in this uh, Daniel and Julia are uh, Daniel's our lead. Julia is like her the love interest, and then we got a couple of lawyers, uh, and we got the judges, um, and then a couple other random people he meets, like an old lady on a thing, and the guy who runs the or he's like a concierge at the hotel stuff like that so what do we think of these characters nicole well i'm so confused by like this relationship that these two main characters build (laughs) so instantaneously you mean in their instant relationship and the fact that it like progresses so quickly isn't he married still doesn't he have a wife i don't think i think he's divorced and she i don't see the guy in the yeah, she is still married. I think she's still married because she him. talks about. Well, she says some one thing about him about something about how their marriage isn't perfect or something like that. But that's Maybe it. That's the only dead reference. Too. Oh, you think he's dead? Do you think he also is? Well, when we look at the, the only pool? thing we get, the only thing we get from her background is the fire, right? And we see that the kids are in there and the dogs that's, in there, but the husband's not there. Yeah, that's the only thing they see that we see. But at some point, she says something about that. Because he asks, she asks him whether he's got kids, and and they talk. Yeah, about... she says she's got kids. I don't, I don't remember if she's married currently, though. Well, yeah, she was the hero not... of the house. Let me put it that way. No matter what, so yeah. I don't know. Either way, this relationship bloomed very quickly, and it doesn't make much sense to me. <laughs> um, so I'm also curious as to what Daniel how his life constitutes him for being in such a blah part of this judgment city. I really don't think he was that bad of a guy. I didn't see him do anything that awful. I can't well, imagine thing, where, like, That's the thing in this is that it's not based on, none of this is based on whether you were a good person or not. It's based on how you, how well you handle fear and how well you face your fears and how well you're um and you know like a personal advocate for yourself which is kind of a a big you know 30 years ago that's not something you really talked about very much so in that in that you know realm i gotta say it's a little groundbreaking i didn't want to say that about this but that's that's fair but at, at the same time look at the examples that they use for this guy being afraid that something that happened to him in his childhood when he was he got be- bullied. I mean, how many fucking people in this world have gotten bullied? Right. And you, you're going to hold that against them? It just doesn't make any sense. Well, I think, I mean, y- yes, I think it's a better, I-, I like the interpretation that it's not, 
a moral good or bad that gets you in. It's it's yeah, how much you stand up for yourself. That's a different that's a different take. That's why I go back to like this. You say you say groundbreaking hesitantly. I don't think there were a lot of movies that did such a big ex, ex uh, existential thing that this is doing. It's it's hard to watch it now uh, in comparison. But one because comedy comedies uh, date date the the worst. Yeah, uh, and two because it like I've I've seen a lot of afterlife exploration movies, and I kind of know the ones that I like, and I know the ones that have takes that are interesting, and some are super nihilistic, like we don't go anywhere, we're all dead forever, and sometimes like. The afterlife's crazy and fun and fanciful. Sometimes it's sci-fi and we can like control things in the afterlife and communicate with people. This is like a very if this feels like a first draft run at what if we did an afterlife movie and like it's it's not fully fleshed out because now we know we know all the avenues they can go now. Yeah, but this is more Albert Brooks's. What if I did an afterlife movie based on the fact that I don't face my fears? Oh yeah, I this think... is not I, this is not a blanket statement on, you know, society and afterlife movies because there were other things. There was, um, I think, what was the movie, sleep, not sleepers. What's it called? Where everybody they, uh, their heart stops. They try to see who's going to make their heart stop the longest. It's Kiefer oh, Sutherland, and yeah, yeah, that was uh, made flat, around the same flat time. Liners. Flatliners, yeah, that was made probably around the same time as this. Um, I think that there, but that's this the same, just, but. That, this, yeah, that's the same time period, and that's taking a more nihilistic approach to right. it, or a more, right. more negative. And that movie is also hot garbage. Like they remade it, it's still bad. <laughs> like they haven't really figured it out. That's my point. Is like these are prototypes. These aren't the good afterlife movies, or I guess this one was considered a good afterlife movie because the the competition. If the competition's Flatliners, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the thing is, is you have to realize that this is this is an, an evolution. This these are the types of things that you know we had, um, you know the old Jimmy Stewart movie, and then like sort of this. There's not a there's not a whole lot. Movies were very yeah, sixty year gap similar. <laughs> well, they were just all sort of the same kind of thing for a long, long, long time. So yeah, I still say groundbreaking with a uh, behind it. So it and I think it, it was. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, totally. Well. No, that's okay. I don't know anything that you guys are talking about, so I don't have much to put into that. But <laughs> I will say, I actually found Daniel's uh, sense of humor actually quite funny. Like when he that's was talking to, yeah, when he was talking to Julia, um, I guess it was like the right after that comedy show, and he was like using all those really corny jokes, and I found them funny like i was yeah you were laughing <laughs> I, I was because i just thought that it was good enough to be funny and not have to take the movie seriously as it being a comedy to me i thought i didn't see it as a comedy so yeah i actually like i think i liked his character the most because he you know kind of adapted to this situation without really knowing what the fuck he was adapting to and uh really bizarre with them falling in love i don't get that but i can i can look past that for him being the best character in my eyes um i also like his not lawyer lawyer um <laughs> i thought that he was an interesting character of uh that he dropped so many like little hints that there's so much more to this world that i think maybe they wanted to make a second one of this and it just didn't work because they probably had a lot of more realms to explore, but maybe they just couldn't figure out how to do it. But 
Yeah. He drops the, you know, drops the name of that other place he was in, stuck in the middle of a time warp or whatever the hell it was. I don't remember. But I, uh, I liked him because it just felt like a sleazy lawyer with good intentions. Like, I, I, I appreciated him. Everybody else was really creepy. All the other lawyers and whatnot. They were just so... Yeah, Julia, we love you. We love to help you. You are wonderful and all this. It was really strange. So I have to... I guess I have to give the characters a three also because nothing was spectacular by any means, but it was all okay. Yeah, I have to agree that, you know, Albert Books' Daniel is the key character and the one that has to be focused on. I mean, it's obvious it's a whole, you know, joint picture by him, so... I do always like Rip Torn in movies. He's his he's got great comedic presence, I think. I'm interested, Nicole, that you said that the comedy worked for you because as I'm listening to it, I'm like he's that both of them are right on like their comedy timing is really, really great, but the jokes are really old and corny and I'm like <laughs> I didn't I'm thinking, Oh, no one else is gonna relate to this and I don't even relate to it because I'm not a big corny joke kind of person, like um yeah i i like dad jokes i, uh, I think that that's yeah, we kind of are that's Nicole the only type of comedy <laughs> that i actually that's yeah that's the only type of comedy that i'll actually chuckle at is punny dad jokes like i think that those are funny more so than getting punched in the face like a like a will ferrell type of comedy <laughs> can't fucking stand him oh. <laughs> wow what if they yeah, Nicole kind of likes no, no. like the here Hear me out. They need to remake this movie with Will Ferrell in the lead. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Nicole doesn't like slapstick. Nicole likes it's almost like '60s quippy comedy, but like more advanced humor. It's. I mean, it's it's a different it's a different end of the kiddie pool. I mean, yeah, it really. It's the other side of the shallow end. (laughs) I was going to say they're both shallow, but it's just on the other side. To each Um, their own. I agree. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I'm not the biggest Albert Brooks fan because he does always come off as this sort of whiny, yuppie kind of uh, just insufferable kind of human being. I mean, just the one inner interaction that he had with his wife was just like, uh, uh, and then you knew he was going to go in the next day and just totally not, you know, not ask for any, not ask for any more money than he was being offered. And just, just one of those people that is just he's always mopey and always you know just meh yeah sad sack meh kind of person and it's irritating for me to watch that in a person and he has that face his face is so punchable because of that and um it's yeah it's hard for me i don't know did you guys get the um shirley mclean reference in the movie you have remember to saying point Shirley MacLaine? I don't remember. I don't remember the specific. When they jokes. go to the hall of your past lives, and there's the woman who comes up and is like, "Hi, welcome to Hall of the Past Lives." So that's Shirley, and then they all have this weird look on their face. Right. That's a throwback uh. joke because that's Shirley MacLaine, and during that time, she was coming out as being one of these people who can, you know, speak to dead people and have seances and all this kind of what people thought of as crazy, crazy stuff back then. So that would have been a total timely joke. Um, I actually kind of chuckled at that a little, cause I'm like, uh, back in the day, this probably killed, you know, this was probably really, really, really good. Right. Everyone else was so banal. I mean, Meryl Streep, what do I say? Um, 
She's Bernie really good at playing. You said, oh, you can. I'm about Meryl Streep and all of her other <laughs> Well, I mean, it's the whole movie's like a loaf of white bread because, um, like Nicole was saying, and I mean, literally a loaf of white bread, there were a couple of people of color sprinkled around, and then we had the whole mm-hmm. Japanese restaurant situation, which, Brennan, you probably thought was really funny. Am I right? I, I like that scene, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny okay. scene. It was <laughs> like the first part in that. There's a part in that where the guy that he's sitting with, um, he says, uh, hey, can I call you Dan? And he's like, yeah, sure. When did he say his name? He did not. How did that man know his name? I I I think they introduced themselves to each other. The guy said that I'm so-and-so, and and he said Daniel, and then he said, can I call you Dan? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Nicole, am I going to have to start watching movies and explaining them to you at the same time? Brennan also said... Oh, I don't know. I didn't hear him say anything. So, okay, guys, put down your phones while you're watching movies. That's what I gotta say. I wasn't on my phone watching this. Nicole might have been, but I was. No, I did not. <laughs> I looked over towards the when Meryl when Meryl Streep and him started talking in a restaurant. You were you any time that happened? You, well, I can see. I can I can understand that because that didn't do anything. That relationship was, uh, it sparked out of nowhere and it was um, uncomfortable almost because everyone was. was just. So Susie Homemaker, Stepford wife, kind of, you know, if this is a place where you go because you haven't faced your fears, where's the gangbangers? Like, where are some, you know, some real thug life people that should probably be here, too? No, it's this, in the beginning, it's no, the whole wheel. this is extremely wheel... sterile movie. Extremely sterile. This is an sterile. extremely whitewashed movie, and, and just, uh and, and they explain away the kids with, you know, oh, kids go... They go right back. And teenagers, they go someplace else because we can't handle them. You know, the way they explain those things away is pretty like, oh, okay. Only well. old people and Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep. <laughs> yeah. Pretty exactly. much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there are no other people that that die. It's, that's that's who you're, that's who it is. So, but Albert Brooks played Albert Brooks pretty well. And uh, Meryl Streep did uh, just regular white bread, you know, Meryl Streep, like you would imagine. Was there somebody else that I wanted like to Like you would on? imagine. Like I would imagine, actually, yeah. I mean, there's a couple uh, lawyers early. and a couple judges. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot there. I mean, the other lawyer, the prosecutor, was like a famous actress, but I can't think of Lee who Grant. She was. Oh, Lee Grant. Yeah, she always played the the bitchy woman like all the time. So that's accurate too. Doesn't it um, suck when you get stuck with a role that you have to play the rest of your life? Yeah, and they always give her that super severe Anna Wintour haircut. You know, it's like nothing is nothing is. <laughs> I'm good looking for at her wiki right Lee now, Grant. and she's young, but it's still that it's still that still the haircut. haircut. Oh yeah, yeah. she's I got saw the hand so kind many... of resting on her jaw, kind of uh, <sighs> like she's ready yeah. for a close up. Yeah, you could never root for her, man. You always knew she was going to be the bad guy. So, but yeah, they were they were fine enough. Like I said, I do like Rip Torn. I think Rip Torn's great. So I. Yeah, um, characters are two and a half. I don't really care about these people. Uh, I th- I'm with the call on the Albert Brooks humor in this. I actually did laugh along several times with with his stuff. Uh, and and yeah, and I guess I kind of agree with both of you because I think Rip Torn's Bob, lawyer Bob, when the two of them are talking, is some of the funniest stuff in the movie. Yeah. Um, the stuff with Julia is painful most of the time. It's not good. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. I don't know if it ever was good. Um, I guess it must have been for somebody, but. Uh, <laughs> it's it like he he'll throw some quips in that are decent, but her character is so extremely dated, and that's why I was like, this doesn't even feel like this feels older than nineties. This feels like a sixties woman, fifties, where she yeah, all she yeah. was allowed to do was laugh at his jokes. 
Right. She just kind of chuckles a lot, and she but she's really good at everything, and like oh, like she's too good for me. Right. Like she doesn't really have a character per se. Like no, you know, we don't get. No, all, we it's don't, not a character. Like, no, and that's. I mean, you know, you put Meryl Streep in, it's fine. I don't know how pop. I mean, I'm assuming she was in. She's always been in solid popularity since the '70s, so I'm assuming it was a a, a good get to have her. And she's 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 fine with the. Ma- I don't yeah, the '70s, she, but one was Kramer Kramer. Oh, you're right, 1979 or '77. Yeah. She okay. And, yeah. Okay. Uh, but all right. The, the, the she's fine. She's fine with the the material she's given. She's not given anything to work with. So. You know, it comes down to the two the two guys. The, the 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 lead guy gets to do all kinds of funny jokes, and there are some like jokey scenes that I, I like in here. Um, but the the characters are pretty pretty one dimensional. Um, not a lot to them. Uh, I will I'll give I'll give it I'll give it a three. I laughed a little bit more than maybe it sounded like you did. Well, okay, I actually enjoyed a good a good deal of the comedy. Uh, that was. Uh, I could, you know, I knew what, what, the, what the joke was. Sometimes they would say something and they would laugh, and I'll be like, I don't really know what the joke was in there. I don't even know if there was a joke in there, but all right, sure. I might have to but, like time explain it to you. Uh, we don't have time. We don't have time to. Explain. We don't have time. No time. Yeah. So visual and sound. Back to you, okay? Having said it was a really sterile world, I think that that was the interesting part of the visuals and sound portion for me. I, I like all the places that I think you like in this, Brennan. I like, I like anything that doesn't involve the romance, and I like how we're just sort of getting to see this, now we're going to call it a Disney Cruise Line situation going on in all these different places. There's nothing really groundbreaking in it, I don't think. Uh, there's some fun things that every so often I think is going to turn into a musical, like when they're wheeling everybody in the, the wheelchairs in groups of three. The music is so I, like, that's exactly what is appropriate for this it's, movie though. It's, it's so a, extra, like it's, it's so extra of, whimsical over the top. Yeah, this is the cleanest circus you've ever been to. So it's, it's like, so clean. It's so clean. <laughs> It's so clean, but there's nothing. I mean, those are interesting. And, and I like because I think because I'm interested in sort of how what his take is on this sort of fantastical world. That is the only interesting part for me is like what he decides to do with these things. And none of them are really crazy um, outlandishly done. I can't see that this had a huge budget. The you know, they get on the these trams that look like you would get on at like Universal Studios or something. And when they go yep. in to see their next lives, it, it sort of looks like they're going into a gun firing range. <laughs> so it's like, how is this going to work? Um, so it, none of that's done particularly well. I like the I like when he, you know, sort of separates them by class, by uh, who gets the good hotel with the jacuzzi in it, because she's obviously a better person than he is. So she, you know, she gets that hotel. Not, and he not gets, a better it sounds person, like less, just less afraid. Less afraid, yeah. right. She's more less sure afraid. of herself. Yeah. If you, Which sounds you know, like bullshit, because she seems so timid and doesn't seem like she would fit in that category. What, because she saved a dog out of a burning building? Give me a break. Yeah, I think <laughs> if you save somebody out of a That's burning building, you're pretty much... Your gold. You don't have to. I mean, that's the gold standard for getting into the next level. So, just so you know, in any world. So, and then seeing him at his like you know Motel Six kind of situation, and 
Um, yeah, it's not uh, even that bad though. Like his, if his is the dopey no. hotel, it's really not that bad. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty solid. Yeah, it's not a Motel Six. Okay, it's a, it's a comfort in maybe. I don't know. Sure. Um, so yeah, there's not a whole. But the part that I like, I really like. I got to give it a three. I mean, I want to give it something lower, but I do have to say that I was like, I was kind of drawn in by the cartooniness of the, of, of, of the Disney Cruise Line situation. So yeah, it's a three. This looks like a nineties movie, like to the max, (laughs) like those fucking BMWs in the beginning. Oh yeah. Yeah. "Yeah, Top of the line, 39 grand for this piece of shit. (laughs) It's like, wow, it's so (laughs) So small. Ooh, a CD player. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, and it's all fun. of his CDs were in like these huge boxes, like we used to get CDs in. What a bunch of <laughs> garbage packaging. He makes a he makes a, a car phone call at one point. Yeah, the other guy does. Yeah, it's so funny. Just like people were probably like, "Oh man, that BMW is hot." When it I came know out. that's <laughs> yep. He's, like, he's making it garbage car. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Yeah, it really looks 90s. Um, I I do like the Disney feel of everything being exactly how it's supposed to be. And everything is on schedule and coordinated. Uh, and the same spiel over and over and over again by the guy at the hotel. It's exactly right. like what you would expect like a, like a Disney World to be. I find it interesting that they have these memories from when these people were showing fear. Like, there's what I don't know who, what third person perspective they're coming from of how they how they have these, but it's really interesting. God, they, uh, yeah, it's God's perspective. <laughs> Watching this poor child get screamed at by you know in front of by his parents. But, I mean, it's it's fine. Like, I really can't say awful or not because, I mean, did this look good in 1991? I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it did. It sounds like by all accounts it, people like this movie. I yeah, I mean, they, they made a city. They made it look like a, like a cool city. And they had cool tram cars. And they had a cool virtual reality um you know, type of deal where you could see what you were in a past life. It's pretty neat. I don't really remember the music, but now that you said, I mean, like, I feel like that really fits into the whole thing. <laughs> so it is. It's like it's it's like the music they play on the the. Com- <laughs> I was gonna say I was saying that it sounds like the music they play on the comedic episodes of Twilight Zone, where it's like it's it's you know it's 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 all the seg- it's all the segues from like all the '90s TV shows. Of segue older, it feels older. It feels so old. Yeah, I don't know why it feels so old. Because yeah, Albert Brooks did it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it. I guess I'm gonna give it a three. <laughs> Yeah, it's like when we when we feel like movies like now like we see like a movie like oh that's kind of like a throwback to the '90s. This feels like a throwback to like the '60s or the '50s even. It feels I don't feel that way at all. I think it does. I think it feels the sterile cleanness, that musical, those musical stings, the way the all the flashbacks are shot. I mean, those are you know I guess those take place in the '60s or. 70s maybe and yes so those like but they all i think it feels that old it feels like something from like what's it called the the golden age of i feel like if it was big studio pictures like that's what it feels like like if it was to look like 50s or 60s it would look 
overly futuristic or something and it doesn't feel that way it literally feels like this is the blase place that 90s dead people go to like yeah it's like here's your tv with five channels on it and your mints like (laughs) here's middle america right now this is just yeah yeah so i mean the the afterlife isn't over it's not over the top at all it's extreme it's as mundane as you can make it you know like the 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 things that are cool about it are so small they're like it's it's oh you can eat a bunch and uh you can go see your past lives and basically you just see like a person standing there or in in his case running for their life uh but like (laughs) isn't the worst feeling knowing sorry isn't the worst feeling though knowing that you're dead and you still have to go to work every day like all the people like the lawyers and everything i know (laughs) there was there was some disconnect with that that's what i'm saying about the people that were um what did they call them uh like working there yeah they they had a name residents that the residents yeah like how'd you end up here like if you have a 54 percent brain capacity well maybe maybe this feels like a super short like they also there's little hints that like they aren't existing like we are like they eat that shitty food that like right. no one else likes but they're like they're like i much prefer this to your I'm the most delicious and that's the thing he eats like a thanksgiving turkey he doesn't eat like stuff that we would be like oh if i could eat all the, the whatever and i would pick this he picks like weird like like old old stuff cheese omelet (laughs) yeah cheese omelet thanksgiving dinner like this is like what like people this is what like my great-grandparents thought was like yeah exactly and the place is populated full of old people so i guess it makes sense another part of like i want chicken nuggets well i would want i would want mac and cheese i just want bowls of mac and cheese is, people don't drink enough in here either why is no one drinking there's no all drinking the time? because no it's too because because sterile it's it all has to be very yeah. clean so i don't yeah. know is this rating pg like i'd mean, be eating like them, lobster but... filet mignon all that good shit yeah they go to the they go to the restaurant he gets a plate of shrimp and, and she gets just pasta like the plate is pasta. Pies. Nine pies. It's like this is old, old, old ass old. But uh, I think it. But it, I, I kind of saying all that. It sounds negative. I, I think it, it, it's it's a charming kitschness that I actually kind of like. It's kind of the stuff that I like in this when it's not the relationship. I think the world is charming and simple, uh, and I wish they expanded the boundaries more. But uh, it's kind but of also Albert very, Brooks. I think I don't think he's a problem. In the, I mean, maybe his direction's a problem, but I don't think uh, I don't think him as an actor or even the writing is a problem. I think the direction could have been a little more inspired. Um, th- yeah. A three, a three is what I will give this. Um, so the end. Uh, the de- Julia wants to spend the night with Daniel, and he he says no uh, because well, is it because he's afraid, or is it because he's trying to? be uh good to her feelings a gentlemen uh, yeah yeah so and th- again this is another very old ending situation to be is she wants to sleep with him and he's like he's uh, hesitant and oh is it because you're a coward or is it because you you yeah you're a gentleman and like i'm like okay again this is thir- 30 years old this feels 50 60 years old kind of con- he's con- afraid of being but- judged yeah, well, that's yeah. Then that's what he what he says. He's tired of it. He almost even says in the flashback they use the flashback I'm af- against him. Yeah. I'm, I'm af- right. uh, afraid of being or yeah. So um, he he does not get the pass to go on. Julia does. He's taken the tram out of the area and sees Julia's on another tram, and he he busts through the doors that like I guess they electrocute you a little bit uh, part <laughs> part of the time, and he runs. 
through all the stuff. And at one point, Nicole was like, oh, don't get, get hit by the bus. And the bus is coming right at him. I thought, oh, is the bus going to hit him? And it's gonna he's going to wake up in the hospital. And this was like a dream, a dream. to make him like be more. Yeah. I thought they were going to do that. And uh, I don't know. I, I mean, that would have been like a cop out. But it also would fit in this old timey like, oh, see, yeah. like it's all a dream. That would It would fit in. Uh, but no, he makes it over to Julia's cars, trying to open the door. And then we get we pull back and see it's the lawyers and the judges and and Rip Torn says brave enough for you and then all everyone in the room gets a smile and they nod yeah. and they let him on and then they kiss and then the music plays <laughs> as they drive through into not the sunset but through a tunnel to to somewhere to some better life so that's the end of this movie uh what do we think of the residents in Fio Nicole oh wasn't that wonderful wasn't that a charming little journey? Isn't it's a wonderful life. Getting electrocuted after meeting someone for five days. <laughs> Four days. Maybe okay. even three. They were the only young people there though, so they didn't if they were going to have a romance that's the only th- that's the only like support I can give the you know, why this happened so quick. It's the only thing I can come up with. I don't I don't want the romance, okay? I just want to see <laughs> no, more no of does. the cool <laughs> shit that's in this limbo zone. Yeah. That's the downfall. Um, yeah, I mean, it's this movie is fine. Is literally the word I would ever use to describe this. The only word is fine. Like it's doesn't give me emotional f- feelings towards the love interests or make me want to wonder what my limbo is going to be like. <laughs> like I don't know what they were going for. It was supposed to be fun or supposed to have like this ec- extra meaning towards facing your fears or whatever but i don't get any of that i just get really boring love story between two fine actors so i just see actors by the way like i don't see characters it's just like meryl streep oh always, that's interesting she, she's always just meryl streep to me though yeah. so i don't yeah. think that that really makes a difference did um, he seem more like a character because you don't you haven't seen as did. much albert brooks stuff yeah no but i can i can visualize this guy as being an actual guy her being this saint that's so perfect and she saved her children and the cat and oh she's amazing no i don't see that but uh i uh, she's an excellent swimmer <laughs> she sucks the eating scenes the eating scenes are so annoying in this where she oh yeah me, on the corn dog and the 15 the spaghetti. minute spaghetti <laughs> it did make me want a corn dog well, the whole time I'm thinking like movie continuity. Like I know, like they have eight corn dogs off the side that are at that right. exact point. But right. so when you do that, I don't know why they show so many headshots on her of not eating it, like putting her mouth up to it and kind of like moving it around and like kind of moving her head towards it, fake chewing. Like it's just these are just simple choices where like you can get around this and not not do it this way yeah. and make it look yeah, so bad. Stupid. But anyway, um, as a nitpicky thing. I mean, other than that, I don't really have a feel towards it. I mean, I wonder why I feel like I'm confused as to why this has such a high rating from people. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm just going to give it a three for mine because I I watched it. You did. <laughs> 7.3 wow. on IMDb, too, which is above a seven on IMDb. Pretty good. I know. Um, that's a lot. It is. I it's a high the- score. You know, a lot of things are in like the five to seven. So this is it's not just the critics. The audience score, I think, on RT is 83, something like that. So. This could okay. be a case of, of one of those times, though, where the only kind of people that are going to watch this are people who have a real good chance of liking it. You know what I mean? This is not something, you know, it's 30 years old. It's not something that's 
that you're going to run across very often as evidenced by the fact that we had a hard time getting it to stream anywhere. Um, and I think that there's a built-in audience for this kind of thing. There's, you know, there's a bunch of comedic people that like the whole Albert, Albert Brooks shtick kind of stuff. Um, and we know that there's a huge like <laughs> cauldron of people who like Meryl Streep. So, and it's an interesting, I think it is it, at the time, it's an interesting topic. So resonance and feel for me, I have one big nitpick with this movie. And that is that, you know, he's being negligent. And that's why he gets killed. He's being negligent. He hits a bus and he changes the story about halfway through to say things to people that I got hit by a bus. I'm like, it's true. that's not really what happened. What happened was you hit a bus. Right. Um, and I didn't see the reasoning behind that. Other. And it seems, it seems deliberate, but I don't know why it happened that way. I think it just, maybe um, it shows that he hasn't really gotten over any fears. He's still a pussy. Yeah, I totally think <laughs> that's he still the moral. Is. Yeah, hey, brave the moral enough, brave of the story is you should get brave over your fears, you. but he didn't. But it's still okay, you know, because this is okay world. Didn't we show you that in the in the whole movie? This is great. <laughs> Everything's great. Nobody has any. Yeah, questions. there's no hell. If you mess up, you just try again next time. It's you just okay. try again. It's too bad that you have to go back to Earth for the eleventh time. I mean, you know. Well, they even said, like, eventually, like, they just throw your soul away. And they're like, oh, no. He's like, oh, how many times have I been here? 20 times? I'm like, oh, shit, that seems like a lot. And he's like, oh, don't worry. People come here hundreds of times and fuck up. I'm like, okay, so basically nothing matters. Like, yeah, so what who you're do they throw me. away? I mean, do you have to be a literal serial killer to get thrown away? Is that is that the bottom Well, serial killers are pretty sure of themselves. They're probably, they probably made it just fine. It's like the, it's like, <laughs> well, I guess the weenie, really... the weeniest dum-dums are the ones who don't get to come, who don't get to come up. Well, that's entirely wrong because we know that those people fully exist. So, um, I yeah, resonance and feel for this movie for me. I wanted it to be higher, but it's not. It's a two. I was expecting to like this a lot more than I ended up. Like, I, I'm kind of in the core. I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. It's some funny stuff. It's dated. I wish they expanded the more and more. Some clever bits. The romance is not good. Um, so it's it's extremely it's extremely dated and mixed bag. I, I, I like all the and another reason like you know we have a couple listener suggestions like kind of on list and I I plop this one out because a lot of people on like the movie communities that I'm on like stand by this they say this is a really good movie I love that like I love this as a classic and I I don't feel that way that doesn't sound like any of us do uh you know comedies too comedies I've said it before they have the hardest time holding up on yeah they distances. do especially straight up comedies especially romantic comedies where like like what's Rom-coms romantic. For sure. Yeah. yeah, what's romantic and like acceptable has changed greatly. Like rom coms couldn't like they, they they hold up. I bet early two thousands rom coms don't hold up. So um it's got that going against Failure it. There's still launch. some create <laughs> I have never seen that. I've never seen any of those uh Matthew McConaughey uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> early Sarah Jessica Parker, yeah, footies. <laughs> I've never Failure seen any of those launch. things. <laughs> I'd be curious. I, you know, I, I watch anything pretty much. So uh, this was okay. This was not. I don't. I, I feel a little like shitting on it a little too hard, but uh, it's got problems. It doesn't hold up. So I'll give it a three. Uh, there's some stuff I might uh, remember. I don't think it's the stickiest, but eh, it's not. It's not like a completely bland experience. Uh, even though it it, it, it actually kinda, is. It actually yeah. is, but but I, I think I will remember this more than your average movie. That's you know I give all threes to. Uh, so we're at the end here. Uh, you gonna recommend defending your life, Mama K? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know anybody that would thank me for this. Yeah, Nicole. 
I think I might actually say yes. Ah. Because just because, I mean, if it's got this much uh, appeal to people, like maybe someone else will get something out of it that I didn't get. So, I mean, if someone brought it up to me and said, did you see it? I would say, yeah, I did. Maybe, maybe you would like it. That's, that's my softest recommendation. And then you need give. to have that. You need to have that person tell afterwards tell you what they thought. That's true. Yeah, you need to have that feedback. Yeah, I give. I think I'm with the call. I think I'm going to give this a soft recommend. I like because I think if you're over, okay, I'm surprised someone your age wouldn't enjoy this, uh, or so someone older, perhaps. I don't know. I th- I think people it's who have a little old even for me. I mean, he was 39 in 1991, so he's portraying. I mean, yeah, the, the characters are older a, than you. Yeah, this was already an older crowd. These people were already at the senior breakfast buffet by the time you know I saw this as well. But I think they're if I were dead. your age when this came, when I was, if I think if I were your age when this came out, I would have gone and seen this, and I might have liked it like a lot more. It's hard to go back and watch it, but uh, I don't. I don't know. I think if you're a, a of uh, the film appreciator genre, which is kind of like my lane on this show, uh, then I th- yes. I think I think that you I think there is enough to appreciate to go back. It it is dated. It's not as good as I was hoping it was going to be, but I think it's a worthwhile experience. It's a little long too. Hour fifty one. It is it a little long. Yeah. It doesn't need it could, it could use a fifteen minute haircut, but uh, I think it's got enough to worth a visit if you've never seen it. Um, so we had two pretty soft recommends and one not recommend for defending your life uh, uh so thank you for the listener suggestion though we do appreciate them yeah and, uh, I, yeah i would have I... never watched that without without this so thanks yeah i know nicole wouldn't have so that uh <laughs> i i would i, I would have gotten to it but uh yeah thank you for the listener suggestions please keep sending them in we are going to continue to sprinkle them in as we get streaming movies that are new as well as uh theater releases as they are reopening back up if you have anything to recommend to us Films with the Women in My Life on Facebook. Reach out to me on Instagram. That's where this one came from. At Brennan underscore pod host. And you can email the show, filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Thank you guys for being on Defending Your Life. Yes. Thank you. And thank you, Luna, for recommending it. And thanks, until Luna. next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.